outside. You're lying. I'm lying. This is 102 degrees outside, and it's maybe 94 in here, and the temperature is dropping. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, where we do have very wonderful, significant prophetic and supernatural encounters with the Word of God. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship, and contrary to my thought, we are not live from the sanctuary. We are once again here in my living room in my little town. <laughs> it's a bigger town than I'm describing, where it's 102 degrees outside, and it's 6.30 in the evening, so that's pretty significant. Actually, the temperature probably dropped. I'm, I'm exaggerating, maybe, because um, it says that it's actually... Uh, Come on, don't, don't keep, never mind. Something happened with my little thingy. So, uh, anyway, let's talk. Let's talk to the Holy Spirit. And then let's just um, go ahead and, and continue on in the things that we're doing. Father, we bless the name of Jesus because it is the name that is above every other name. And we give you praise and thanks for the opportunity to be those that dwell within that name. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your tenderness with us and I thank you for your ministry to us. I thank you Holy Spirit that you don't leave us. We're never forsaken. No matter how we're feeling, we're not alone. Your word is true and you are truth and you are good. And that's something that is our testimony from now throughout all eternity. We will never stop telling you about your goodness. We'll never stop singing about the goodness of God. And I hear those, those words to that song, all my life you have been faithful. Well, you've been faithful a lot longer than I've been alive because it's your character. I love you. And in case I haven't said that to you in the last few days, I'm telling you now. I thank you for the individuals, the men, the women, the boys, the girls that are either watching us live or will catch this on a rebroadcast. I thank you for the hearts of individuals that are seeking after you because we need you. We really, really do. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, Holy Spirit, to just rest in your arms. There were days this week I needed a shoulder to put my head on, and I'm so grateful that I have you because you really did make everything all right. I thank you for leading us and guiding us in this conversation tonight. I thank you for opening up whatever it is that you want to talk to us about. I choose to yield and avail myself, my tongue, my expressions, everything about me, this program, is yielded and submitted to you. Hmm. You are my resting place, my hiding place. You are the lover of my soul. Thank you for being now that to me and so much more. You know, the other thing about you, I know you know this, but you just kind of dropped something here with me and I'm going to go ahead and express that. You are things to me that I don't even know about yet. You, there's so much mystery to discover about you, but you are everything that I have need of, including things I don't know that I need yet. But when I get there, you'll be there. And if that's not a reason to thank you, then I don't know what is, but I'm going to use it as one. You love me, you love me, yes you do. You love me and I love you too. I really do. So let's talk, shall we? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't that cool? 
He is things to us. Holy Spirit is a person to me that I don't even know about yet. I have needed comfort in the last couple of weeks. I'm not the only one. Everybody in our ministry has needed comfort. You know, for those of you that do not know us very well, in just the last two, two and a half, a little over two weeks, we have had two members move to heaven. Not expected, not that way. And it could have been devastating if we allow our feelings to lead us. So I have a sense that part of what we're going to discuss tonight will have something to do with why we don't follow our feelings they can lead you to bad places they really could and we we're talking about the comfort the sweet comfort of the Holy Spirit because he really is and just how how amazing and how good he is to us I want to not really talk so much about the two women that have moved but I do want to say because this is uh, for one one of my very best friends Christina Devlin moved to heaven on Sunday and I was not expecting it. I was not wanting it and yet it happened and so I still have to kind of wake up every day and know she's not coming over anymore. At least not in this season and this you know dispensation and I had to make a decision about something which was what was I going to do. Another person that moved to heaven a couple weeks ago was Sharon Robbins and she is like She's been in my life for so long. She was in my daughter's quiet all those years. And again, it was unexpected. And there's all kinds of uh, learnings and gleanings that can happen from both of their departures. But the bottom line of it is it really S-U-C-K-S sucks really bad. So <laughs> I don't want to get into that. I want to, I'm going to explain something. I was talking to one of our members, uh, Mr. St. Louis, if you're out there. Earlier this week, he asked me about what happened on Sunday. So if you happen to be one that watches Biblical Solutions for Life on Sunday, you probably saw something quite unusual. And since he asked the question, I'm going to go ahead and answer it for people who said, well, I didn't have a question, but, you know, I'm going to tell you about it anyway. Uh, Sunday, our apostle, Dr. Baker, came back into the building for the first time in almost a month. And I was anticipating her coming. Now I had just, I was only a few hours into the knowledge that Christina had died. And so I wasn't really happy. And yet it was a continuation of things. And so I was trying to explain some of this to people about what I'm like. And it, I really had a great conversation with somebody that explained it. The way that I respond in times of sorrow, and I mean, I'll, I'll burst into tears for a moment. And then it's like, okay, let's get rid of that because my mind goes into a different place. I'm kind of like a first responder. And so you've got to do the job. It doesn't mean you don't feel you hurt. You feel if you get stabbed, believe me, you're cut, you're cut, you're bleeding. You feel it. But if you got something else that you got to do, you kind of have to push that other thing to the side and get the job done because it's not just about you. It's about other people. And whether I was happy about it or not, I'm, I'm a pastor. And I had to get to church. I couldn't call in sick and say, I'm not coming because somebody died. Y'all just stay home. You know, couldn't do that. Couldn't do a whole lot of the things I wanted to do. Couldn't get back into bed and boohoo and cry for a couple of hours and mourn. Couldn't do that either. The Spirit of the Lord was talking to me. 
And in Joshua chapter 1 is one of the strangest uh, things that you could, you know, for those who, who just always say that God is so loving and adorable, which he is. He really is. But if you think that he doesn't have, um, if you don't think that God has, I'm going to say, an agenda, then you're missing out on something. Because in Joshua chapter 1, it says, now, verse 1, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, who he loved, who had a relationship with him, who was willing to go and spend 40 days of time going without food just to be in the presence of God, who really wanted to please God and wanted to know him and wanted to see him, and he, he wanted things that we have access to in 21st century after the cross that Moses didn't have. But he sure wanted it. He wanted what we sometimes take for granted. In terms of his relationship, yeah, I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to know where you are and what you're like. I mean, that's the kind of things his passion was for God. But he died. He didn't finish the way he could have. Because there were certain aspects of emotion that he did not allow to be submitted to God. He got angry and kind of had an attitude with those people that I think were enough to drive you to an attitude. But, uh, you know, that's a, a note if you're in ministry. Even when they do have the capacity to make you want to hit them, don't hit them and don't lose your temper. Don't follow your emotions. Don't do what you feel. Don't tell them everything that you're feeling about them. You can't afford it. You really can't afford it because you can cause irreparable harm to somebody when in a moment a flashover for you but it could last a lifetime for somebody else, so you don't want to do that. But at any rate, here it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, you arise. <laughs> Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, to the children of Israel. Now he was talking to a warrior. Joshua was a, a warrior, a fighter. He's used to obeying commands. He also had a thing for God because when Moses would leave the presence of God, Joshua's like, okay, I'll see you later. I'm going to stay here, clean up maybe or something, you know. I mean, you're gone, but he didn't tell me I had to go with you, so I'll just hang out right here. And he had a thing for, you know, being in the presence of God. And God told him something that you would tell a warrior, you tell a first responder, you tell a soldier. The one that led you, the captain, is gone. And now I've just commissioned you to go and take the lead. And so now go take the lead. Because even though Moses is dead, and I know that that hurts, the people need a leader. And you're going to have to go and be what you are. You will have the time with me because the mourning, the pain, the crying, the weeping, all of the grief expressions, that's really something you want to give to God more so than you want to put it on anybody else's shoulder or you want to do anything else. And the reason is, is because you're going to come out of it whole. You're still going to hurt. You're still going to miss people. You're still going to go through all of that, but you won't inflict harm upon yourself or others. And it's a lesson that sometimes people go, I don't want to learn that. I want to wallow in misery. I want to feel sorry for myself. I think that the person deserved that I would cry and feel bad about it, you know, for at least another 30 days or something. Well, that leads me to a segue. So let's just go over here for a minute. 
Have you ever personally or come across Reddit or know people that when they tell you someone is dead and they go to the funerals or the memorials, they say these words, rest in peace. And you wonder about that. I got to thinking about that and I thought, well, if they went to be with Jesus, they're probably working. Because from everything I've heard about heaven, there's a lot of busyness. They're spirits. They're not physical bodies. Now the body's going to decay and eventually disappear. There'll be bones and stuff in the in, in, in the in the in the box that they're put in and all that if they weren't cremated. But the spirit man is very much alive and always has been. The born again, born from above spirit is absent from the body, but present with the Lord because the real person that you are is not what you live in. This is the house you live in. You're not your house. You're you. And so that's the same way it is for us. We're spirit. We're not physical body. We live in a body. We have a mind. We have a will. We have emotions. But we are not our mind, our will, our emotions, nor are you your physical body. And so this is why I'm going to answer a faith question in a little bit. But you're not your physical body. I want you to think about that. You're you. And the you that you are is not physical. It's not the flesh and blood. That's just the housing the encasement for your humans, for your spirit, for your born from above spirit. And so Moses is dead, meaning his body, and in those days, this is before Jesus, so he was not, he was not eternal. He was in a resting place. And I think maybe that's where they're thinking of it. It must have been before Jesus, when they were in Abraham's bosom or they were in hell. If you're in hell, you're not, they're, if they're in hell, they're not resting. And there certainly is no peace. They're tormented. And it's only going to get worse. If they are present with the Lord, then I think that they're jumping and dancing and singing and running and zipping around and, and having an amazing time and they're getting their work detail and they're doing things. And the peace that you're talking about resting in is himself, Jesus himself. And we have that here. If you want to know where rest in peace should be happening, it should be happening here. We should be resting in the peace of God and operating in that. That's scriptural. The book of Hebrews tells you there remains a rest, and it is a rest in him. It's a rest in his words, a ceasing from your attempts to live and to do and to be without God. That's toil and trouble. But to be in him and to allow him to, to fulfill his desires for you through you, that's the rest that we have as the people of God. So just consider that when you hear that RIP kind of thing that people were saying, it's like, what does that mean exactly? How are you directing that? I'm going to rest in peace here. I'm going to operate in the rest of God, the peace of God, the goodness of God, the love of God, the mercies of God. That's what you're supposed to do here. I think that when we get into eternity, you're not going to die. You're there forever. We're existing, always alive, always present with him. And I think we've got work assignments, maybe backpacks and little sandwiches. I don't know. But it's something that's better than. I mean, we think, wow, so-and-so's been in heaven for a whole day. No, not really. They entered into eternity. There's no time. It's a day to us, but not to them. Because it's instant. It's just present with him. Not a long, drawn-out process where you get your vacuumed out of the body, you know, sucked into a heavenly vacuum cleaner, suction cup or something, you know, where they try to pull you out and, and, you know, do something with you. That's not 
how it works. I haven't died, but I have studied it a bit because I am one of those people. I want to know stuff. I really want to know. So those are things that I can laugh about and think, they got so close to Jesus, they looked at us and said, yeah, I love them, bye, you know, because it's Jesus and he's just the ultimate. So I want to also talk about little love things and romance things and fun stuff like that as, as we go on. But I am, I believe it's, it's a God thing in me. I'm a, I'm, I have the mind at times of a first responder. So my thoughts are more towards what do we have to do for those that are alive and remain. I'm hurting is what I may be thinking and I may be feeling. But as long as I'm able to mobilize, that's what I'm going to do. It's not that I don't care. Oh my gosh, no, it's not that I don't care. And so our brother St. Louis asked the question. He says, so why did I abruptly, when Apostle Baker came up and she started speaking about the changes and the instant things, and I was talking about changing patterns, internal patterns, which we might get to today. If not, we'll come, we'll come to it because it's a relevant topic. But as she was speaking, I felt in my spirit, okay, I'm done. Because we're not going to try to go back after the apostles come and say, okay, now back to what I was talking about. <laughs> Let's just go on with that. It was like, yeah, we've just changed. There's been a whole shift, a, a paradigm shift that occurred when she spoke the words and prayed the prayers and did the things that were to be done. And I folded up everything to say, when I come, next time I step up here, it will be in a new regime, a new way of being. And that's what happened. So it was like, oh, are you okay? Yeah, I was absolutely fine because I was listening. You know, when you hurt, when I hurt, I'm listening for Papa. I'm listening for Mama. I'm listening for who can help me because it hurts. I, it's like I have an owie on my soul and I need some kind of bandaging. And I was like, just for a minute, not really happy with my husband, who I have yet to marry, et cetera, et cetera, except date or anything, never gone out to dinner, don't, can't, anyway, y'all get it. Couldn't even tell you the man's name right now. But um, I felt like, wow, today would have been a great day to have my spouse with me because I sure could have used his shoulder. And it would have been nice to have him to hold my hand and I could have cried. And I prayed about that on my way to church that morning, Sunday morning. And I said, well, there's no sense of, you know, I wake up every morning forgiving him. So I guess he just got forgiven for being on whatever assignment he's on right now. And instead I'm thinking, but Holy Spirit, you're right here. And if I really need the strength that comes from, from that contact, you're, you're really the one that I need. And it was such a quick thing to say, you know, I've made the decision that God is my first source of comfort, not humans. Because sometimes we're seeking comfort from each other when the other one is hurting just as badly. And one of the things that happens is we kind of get a little self-conscious, self-oriented. It's all about me. I mean, you know, somebody died, somebody did this, or something happened that's devastating, but this is about me. What about the other person? Well, yeah, that's they're, they're the reason that I'm going through what I'm going through. Whatever happened to them is the reason that I feel the way that I do. And if you're not careful, you can become a victim. And I'm not interested in doing that. I lived as a victim for too many years to ever go back to that jail. It's like high school. You can't pay me to go back to the high school. <laughs> I never, ever, ever have to go back to that campus. And, and so I'm not going to. That's how I felt the day I graduated from high school. I'm leaving, I'm free, 
I don't have to come back here. They can't make me come back here. I'm finished with this place. And I never ever wanted to go back. Why, was high school traumatic for me? No, it really wasn't. I just didn't like it and I was glad to go. I love school. I, had, I like to learn. I like you know, being challenged, but I sure didn't like high school. I'm one of those people that just didn't like high school. I wasn't unpopular and I wasn't popular. I was not bullied. I didn't have horrendous experiences in high school. Didn't go to any dances, except for maybe one, I think, when we were sneaking around, but that's another story that you don't need to know about. Um, but overall, no, it was not a traumatic experience for me. It's just something that I thought, I don't like this. And when I get out, it was like, it was kind of like prison, the closest thing to prison I'm, I pray I'll ever know. But when they said I was free, I was free. And so I saw no reason to, to go back and revisit the place. So um, at any rate, victimizing yourself because you have to have certain comforts, because you have to have people minister to you the way you want them to, because you feel sorry for yourself, because so-and-so left you and you're all alone. And now what are you supposed to do? Well, you're supposed to engage in others and you're supposed to learn how to be there for somebody else. It is not an easy life. Here, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you get up and go over this Jordan, you and all these people. For the 40 years that Moses was here, he did not finish. Y'all did not cross over. And I'm telling you now, Joshua, Moses is dead. There is no more hindrance. There's no more excuses. You're going to have to change over. This is exactly the type of message we got on Sunday. Not because of Chrissy, not because of Sharon or any of the rest of the beautiful women, the sweet, oh my, the most amazing people that we've had in our lives. It wasn't because of them. It's because we have come to the end of things as they were. And now is the time to step into what God has said because Kairos time means he's brought you to this moment of manifestation. He is doing. His work is in operation and you've got to get in it. You can't sit by the sidelines and feel sorry for yourself or feel sorry for anybody else for that matter and, and just decide that circumstances are going to keep you from entering in to the will of God. That just cannot be. That's the discipline that we have. Now, if these people that have passed away had been elevator down, oh, there would be reason to cry. But one thing I'm, I'm blessed to know is that every single one of these women that have passed away over the last few months and a couple of years, as a matter of fact, Jesus was prominent in their conversation and in their hearts. And so we mourn and we cry. Weeping endures for the whole night. But joy does come in the morning because they are alive in him. He is not, Jesus said this, God is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the living. And so they are alive. And, and, and so that, that was my comfort, if you will. And I still have moments. You know, I'll think about something and I'll tear up and do this and I'll let it fall. And then it's like, okay, we're going to keep going. Crystal and I have it planned um, that we're going to sit down and do a Chrissy memory kind of thing like that. I was going to get her this. This was going to happen. You know, and so forth. And darn, we miss her. That's, that's how it works. Okay? So do I have any questions or anything before we go on to the next part of the conversation? Because we're going to go someplace with this. <clears throat> no, not yet. All right, I'm going to continue on with what he told uh, Joshua because I think that this is mes this message is relevant to our ministry. 
He says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will, I will be with you. Let me say that again. As I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will not fail you or forsake you. Now that's a blessed promise right there. I am not going to fail you and I am not going to abandon you. I'm not going to forsake you. My shoulder is available for you. My hands are available to you. My heart is available to you. My word is available to you. My will is available to you. My love is available to you. I'm not leaving you. I'm not abandoning you. I'm not going to die on you. I'm here. That's the message from Father, from Jesus, from Holy Spirit. I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. And we can't make that promise. We can say, for as long as I am here, but we are as long as I'm on the planet. And I'm, but eternally, eternally, the Spirit of God says, I'm never going to leave you. You will always, we are together forever. And, you know, when you write that on those little pieces of paper and things in, in uh, junior high and high school and maybe even college, your name and the other person's name in a little heart together forever. Well, in God's heart, we are together forever. And it's a better forever. It's a better together uh, if we would just learn how to appreciate it. And so... He told him in verse 6, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people you will divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. God decide, I am ready with the prosperity program. I am ready to pour out these blessings. I am ready for you to take possession of what I have laid aside for you. I am ready and you are going to get with the program. That's essentially the message that our apostle spoke to us on Sunday. I'm ready. Get with it. You know, what everything you think you knew, well, toss those balls out. There's going to be new one, new equipment, new sports equipment, everything, all the old stuff that you had to stitch together to try to keep it workable. You don't need to do, just put it out because we're never going to use it again. All things are new. I've brought in what you need. I've brought in the trainers. I've brought in everything that is guaranteed to bring you in to the land that I have promised you. That's the message that the Spirit of God sent to our house on Sunday. And I think it's awesome in its, in, and, and, and it's of great importance to us because there is a healing message in there. There is a message to everyone that's been lying on their sides waiting for Jesus to trouble the water or whatever it is. There's a message from God there that says it's time to get up. It is time to get off the bed of sickness. It is time to get off of the mindset of sickness is what I'm talking about. It's time to cease and desist from allowing yourself to be victimized by any kind of symptom whatsoever. And it is time for you to discover what the word of the Lord is that will bring instant change to you physically, emotionally, and every other way. How can you say that? Well, I open my mouth and the words come out. That's pretty much how I can say it. But if you mean... How is it possible for me to say things like that in the face of everything else? Well, I would ask you, whose word should I be speaking in the face of everything else? If you're going to get in somebody's face, you better speak the words that are more powerful than the words that they're speaking. If you're going to get in the face of sickness and disease, you're going to have to say what God says. You're not going to be able to withstand or step on or walk through or do anything else 
if you're not saying what he says. So here he said to him, you, be strong and be you strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law. So there's the prosperity and there's the obedience clause. You're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to have courage. Now in his day, when he's, when uh, Joshua's day, courage was still coming by way of the Lord. And it was really, I think, that he got that because of what God said. If God tells you be strong, then you have the capacity for strength because his words imbue or endue you with the power to do it, enable you. Be strong. God says that. Well, then strength is going to come at you and in you through those words. It's a command. Be strong. And so the equipping to do it, because we know the word tells you what I call you to do, I give you the resources to get it done. So when he said be strong, strength came to him. When he said be courageous, courage had to come into him because it wouldn't have been fair for God or any, you know, be strong and courageous and good luck with that. I don't know where you're going to get it. I'm just telling you, you're going to have to some, dude, look deep into your soul. Look into your soul and see if mayhap you can find just a sliver of strength or courage. And if you can, do what you can do with it. That would not be okay. Like, hello, you just abandoned me. You said you weren't going to leave me. And if I have any, any capacity for strength, it's got to be you. If there's going to be any courage, it's got to come from you. It's going to have to be you with me. And that's what Joshua was equipped with. Joshua knew this because, you see, he had fought battles and led his soldiers into war. And always he had the prevailing came because the power of God was with him. So these words, I think, were great comfort to him. Not, well, that's easy for you to say you're in heaven. It's not like anybody's going to stab you or anything. You know, it wasn't like that. It's like, thank you. Be strong, thank you. Be courageous, yes, thank you. You've just given me what I need and you just guaranteed me I'm not going to be defeated. That's what he just told him. And so he says, so that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. See the rules, the plan hasn't changed, son. Plans haven't changed. Only thing that's changed is the personnel. The word of the Lord has still gone forth. The will of God is still to be done. The land still is to be taken. You're still supposed to possess it. You're still supposed to oust those enemies. Nothing has changed except the personnel. That's it. It's the same message and it's a different group, but y'all gonna do this. That's pretty much how that flows. And if that's not connected to our ministry, uh, well, I don't have anything to say other than it is connected to our ministry. So. There you go. That's it. Let's look at this. Are we part of the new personnel or are we on our way out? I don't want to leave. I don't want to have come this far to have won and then I get canceled out, disqualified. That's, uh, what is that, 1 Corinthians 9, 27 or something along those lines. I don't want to be disqualified. I want in on this. I want in on the kill. I want in on the win. I want, I want in on the rewards. I want in on the victory. I want in on the party, the celebration. I want in on the new changes to other people's lives. I want in on everything he has assigned to me and to us as a ministry. I want as many as will come for the journey 
for us to do it. And I know he's going to add to it and there'll be different faces and different things. So the old party line, ciao, baby, it's gone. And we won't be looking for it. Hacked into pieces, ground to a powder, thrown out into the water, never to be seen again. We are not those people anymore, all right? Uh, then he says this, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. I guess I should finish verse 7. I want you to be strong and very courageous so that you can see mm -hmm. and then see what to do and then you'll do it according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Don't turn from it. Don't go to the right hand. Don't go to the left hand. Stay on the path then you may prosper wherever you go. So there is prosperity, there is strength, there is courage, there is order, there is obedience, there's a path, a direction, there are promises of great reward. All of the things that they had need of that you would think, oh, this is everything I want in life, you know, it's, it's in here, it's contained in what he said. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. So this book and these directions give you everything needed to successfully complete a campaign, to successfully complete a plan of God. It won't be the only one. You know, your victories, the glory goes on and on at ascending levels. So it's not like, well, we won it. Now we get to rest, take off our shoes and just never have to go out again. Nah, that's not how it works. What happens is you got the victory and you got the taste of it in your mouth and you're going to want some more of it because there's more cries that you're going to hear for help, for mercy and so forth. You, you enter in these victories, put you in your super superhero mode and all of a sudden, you become one of those that has to step out and do what God wants done for the sake of those that do not have him. It's like, help, there's a cat in the tree, help. You know, there's a fire here, help us, help us. And that's what we become, are those that are able to point the way to salvation and point the way to victory and, and help them to get free from the things that have been plaguing them because we get free first. You see what I mean? I hope you see what I mean. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God with you wherever you go. So those are the things that um, that we have on that. So Crystal, are there questions or anything of that sort? Or comments or something. All of that, we got all of that out of Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. So it's the whole chapter, actually, or verses 1 through 9. And then, here's what I found interesting. And I take this as a sign and, and, and an indicator for us. It says, when after Joshua got that word, verse 10, it talks about how he commanded the officers of the people. So he went to his team. He went to the team, the ones that were going to help to execute. And these men, I would say, and there may have been women in that encampment too, but he went to the officers of the people, and he went to his team, and he's like, okay, this is it. We're going to do our takeover strategy. This is the time for us to implement the things that we have had. And he said, pass through the host. 
I, I just love this. I think I might even want to take this to, um, let's look at this in the Amplified. I think it's, I'll flip back and forth between them. He commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people. All right. So see, he's already got the takeover. He was trained. He was trained to step in and execute the plan. No matter what happens, no matter who is helming it, this plan is going to happen. And Joshua was prepared. So when God told him, you cried, you sniveled, yep, get up, because Moses is dead, now it's time. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is your, what we would refer to as your Kairos time, your now moment. You've been raised for such a day as this. And so he said to them, pass through the camp, command the people, prepare your provisions for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. So there is the exit strategy, the, the success strategy, and it's like I'm giving these people something to do. You don't have time to sit around and cry. You don't have time to sit down and, and wonder and wander and wail. You don't have time for that. No, you got three days to pack this stuff up, baby, because we're going in. That's what he said. We're going in. This has to be the most amazing thing they've heard. Now Moses had prepared them. He told them, when you go into the land, this is in Deuteronomy, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen as you prepare to go. And Moses had set up, if you will, set them up for the spike because he told them, this is what will happen when you go in. He did not say if you go in. He knew that he wasn't going, but he also knew they were. There would have been no reason for him to die if they weren't going to go. God said, the last barrier to your continuation has just been removed because Moses could not lead you in because I've already told him he won't go. So Joshua had to step up. And he's saying now, all right, here we go. One, team one, team two, team three, all 12 teams. Move it out, move it out, move it out. What we're doing at our house, pack it up, pack it up. Get ready to move, get ready to move. But we don't know where we're going to go. Don't, that's, you know what? You're a soldier. That's not your part. Your part is to pack. Pack it up and get ready. The decision about where God's already got that order and he will bring out the strategy that tells you. But I tell you what, you're not going anywhere if you don't pack. Pack it up. Get ready. Get ready to move it out. Get ready to move it out, okay? And then he said to them, because you're going to pass over this Jordan. <laughs> you are not staying. You, you, you know, there's a, there's a significance and a power to passing over the Jordan, the descender. You're going over this thing. You're going over. You're not staying on the side. You're going over. Okay. And he said to go in and take possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Imagine, if you will, that you just bought a house and the house has gone through escrow and the title, the, the, all the paperwork is done and the keys are ready for you to be handed to you for you to take possession and you're still sitting in the little trailer still sitting in the rental still sitting there talking about I don't know what we're going to do it's like dude you're moving so you need to pack you need to get ready to go in fact probably most of this stuff you just need to junk because when you're going into the new land and when you're going into the new thing there's a lot of stuff that you can't have had that has held you back that you won't need to take with you so he said to pass through the camp pass through the camp now those are not unusual words 
That was not an unusual thing for them to be told pass through the camp because they have followed the fire and the cloud. So this is something that they understood when the when the clouds were ready to move, the pillars were ready to move, they moved too. So passing it through the camp, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. This is something that they're used to, but not for the destination that they were headed in. That's unusual. It's not circling around again, going around the mountain, circling around it again and again and again and again for 40 years. No, this is a brand new message. This is not Groundhog Day. This is Operation Possession. And that's what they were operating through. And so he said, the Lord is giving this to you. You're not getting it on your own. You're going to go and receive your gift, the gift that God has for you. Hey, where is it? It's over there. So you're going to have to go over there and get it. It's not going to be delivered to you where you are because it's not for this place. It's not for this time. This time is done. You're going to move on. This is what he's telling us. You understand? And so that's what they did. And he said to them, to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, he told them, remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. Okay, now I'm giving you your instructions. Now I'm reminding you, this is what was said. 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 Why? Operation Go. That's why. And that's an awesome conversation. I think I'm done with that one. <laughs> Comments? And isn't that interesting? Rest. The word rest in Joshua 1.15, until the Lord gives your brethren rest as he is giving you, and they also possess the land of the, of the Lord your God is giving them. So rest here was defined as possessing the promise. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Search that out. It would be great. Krista, what you got to say, my love? We're not supposed to have that much quiet air. I know. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm taking it in, actually. Okay. All right. Well, that's the end of that conversation. I'm not going to prolong it if I can't. If nobody wants to talk to me, then I, um, you know, we'll we'll cut it short. Okay. Um, I think the only other thing is I talked about Sunday and I talked about this. Yeah, I don't have anything else. That's it for me. So, um, for those of you that are part of Astounding Love, if you want to get the tithes and the offerings and things of that sort ready, then um, go ahead and get those ready. And they always tell you everything to do online. So we can go ahead and do that. And I would tell you that on Sunday, I, I believe things are going to change a little bit. I know they are. They, they always do. But um, what those changes will be, the Apostle will let us know, most likely in our Monday through Friday, um, 5 o'clock a.m. prayer calls. That's where a lot of the information and the intel is, uh, is distributed to the people. So uh, we're going to go ahead and receive those tithes and offerings, and we're going to release the blessing over everybody for things of that sort. And I do believe we will most likely be back into the sanctuary um, studio next week. But I don't see the point of continuing to try to talk when, you know, that's it. So I want to say thank you to everyone for joining us tonight. And thank you for being a part of this or for gleaning and, and whatever else it is. And if you have your questions after we sign off, then I would say go ahead and post them. 
we'll have somebody collecting them and we'll see about addressing them later, okay? So I want to speak the blessing of the Lord over you. Father, we receive the tithes, we receive the offerings, we receive the seeds, we receive the healing, uh, the healings and the manifestations for every person uh, that, that is a part of the house. I thank you for the life of God that flows through their bodies. I thank you for granting revelation, knowledge, and understanding for everything that it is that you want to release into them in the name of Jesus. And I praise you and I thank you. Um, for it in the name of Jesus. I'm Pastor Lundsay Lee of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. I want to thank you so much for joining us for tonight's Kingdom Conversation, and we'll see you next time. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you, and good night.